Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello, and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. And you know, I've been celebrating all month our fifth anniversary. As of September 6th, Living Strong is five years old. And as a small business, I've always wondered, you know, how do I create a footprint in the media world? How do I design my message so that it captures attention? How am I authentic? How do I leverage any type of social media or my story? It took a while for me to even realize that my story had any value. And then how to market it, how to share it, and how to build it into a brand All of that became such a learning curve. Well, this evening, we are so excited to have a veteran in the field of media. Monica Bisco is a media professional that has spent most of her career smashing through the glass ceilings. She started her media career in radio as an intern for the morning show with Robin Breeden. And then building on her broadcast foundation, she mastered radio promotions and research, and she went on to work with Donnie Simpson, Jeannie Jones, and Natalie Case. Monica's career path has taken her to Westwood One, Turner Broadcast Network, UPN 20, The CW, NBC4, and Radio One. I am so excited to be able to have an authentic conversation of not only how Monica got into the media business, but how does she help herself as well as others understand how to craft their public relations story. As her as her uh, title for our episode to this evening shares Walking in Your Destiny, PR Style. You gotta love it. I'm excited about this conversation. Welcome to the show, Monica. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hearing you introduce me, it sounds like I know a little something. (laughs) (laughs) As a 30-year veteran, I absolutely am so excited. From radio to television to PR, you really have had your thumb on the media business. So, yes, kudos. You know a little something. I want to celebrate with uh, Living Strong Consulting. Yes, yes. Congratulations to you as well. You know what? I thank you so much. As we're trying to create a brand, um, being five years old, and as a small business, people understand the the statistics that businesses, small businesses, startups, it's a struggle to get to that fifth year. 
but I'm proud and excited that we've not only survived, but we're actually thriving. But I am very protective of our brand, Mm -hmm. whether it is who we collaborate with, who tags me on social media and ends up getting blocked (laughs) because they don't have permission Mm -hmm. or things that we decide to place into the atmosphere that represents who we are as a company. I am very protective of that. So I'm excited to tap into your wisdom this evening to be able to walk us through and not only get an understanding of the tools, but my first question is, what brought you to media as a career choice? I have to say, I used to listen to Donnie Simpson all the time when I was in in school. That was just what my mom had on. My mom and dad listened to it all morning while we were getting ready for school. And I kept saying, I'm going to be the female Donnie Simpson. I always said that. If you look in my yearbook from Riverdale Baptist, 1991, shout out Crusaders, (laughs) you will see that my superlative was the female Donnie Simpson. That's what I was going to be. So I had made up in my mind that that was what I was going to be. And back then, of course, it was called a disc jockey. Um, So it wasn't a, you know, a a radio personality. You were actually the person who played records and talked in between the records. <laughs> so I, um, this is funny. <laughs> I heard, and I was a freshman in college. I was the only person who heard this advertisement in the middle of the night. And it said that this radio station was looking for interns. I wrote the number down. I called the number the next day, but I asked to speak to Robin Breeden because she was the morning person. I called like I knew her. 17 years old, Dr. Vidra. Taking initiative. (laughs) I love it. They told me she doesn't accept personal phone calls, but she can leave her a voicemail message. Okay. I left her a message, told her who I was, told her what school I went to. I was a freshman. I wanted to do what she was doing, and I admired the work that she did along with Donnie Simpson. Hung up. Call back the next day because she didn't call me back. <laughs> I was green, y'all. I was green. So I leave. They tell me I, the same exact thing they told me the day before. I leave a message. I'm not upset because she hasn't called me back, but it's Friday now. So I'm like, it's the end of the week. She's had all week to call me. I listened to my answering machine. This is how old it is. I listened to my answering machine and it's her producer. Her producer says that Robin heard my message and she would like for me to come work for her. And could I start on Monday? Sure I can. What time do I need to be there? Can you be here at six o'clock? I was like, oh, sure. My classes are over by then. She said, no, 6 (laughs) a.m. No freshman wants to hear that you have to be somewhere at 6 a.m. But that's how I got into the business. Thank you, Robin Breeden. Yes, I love that. The initiative. How many of us hear something? Well, well, actually, let's back up. Talk about wanting something. Mm -hmm. The window of opportunity presents itself. 
and we sit on it instead of moving forward, taking the risk, jumping out there. And when we don't hear an answer, we don't hear the answer we want to hear, or we second guess the choice of stepping out. Instead of saying, oh, well, you said, well, maybe she didn't get my first message. Mm -hmm. I need to send another one. (laughs) And And I want to say, I'm sorry. No, I just want to acknowledge we have two other ways that we're connected. One, I grew up in the Maryland, D.C. area in my elementary and middle school, high school years. And in my elementary, early, early elementary years, like the first two uh, years of elementary school, I went to Riverdale Baptist as you well. Did. I did. Oh my goodness! Look how <laughs> they say it's all, it's circle. only six is only six degrees, right? Exactly. It literally, as you were talking, I said I remember those days. Donnie Simpson, I used to, and when he um, was on BET, I Mm -hmm. followed, it was, yes, so completely connected. So I just wanted that that funny as you were talking. I was (laughs) like, oh, we have other ways that we are connected. This is amazing. Now look at that. Yes. (laughs) So you were getting ready to say. Mm -hmm. um, The gag is once I went there on Monday and started, Robin said, what did you hear? And I said, it was a commercial in the middle of the night. And she said, we don't even have any commercials running advertising interns. And she called in her engineer. She called in David Haynes at the time, who was the news director. Are we running something? She pulls up the screen and we're looking through all these commercials on a computer. There's nothing running that says that WPGC was looking for interns. It was your appointment. It was. It was. <laughs> it I, definitely was. Yes. So tell us a little bit more about what happened after that internship. I can't imagine a high school. What? So was it high school or college freshman? College. college so freshman. I can't imagine a college freshman. I have a college senior right mm-hmm. now. And if I said anything about getting up and being somewhere at 6 a.m., she would not only roll her <laughs> eyes, she would roll back over. <laughs> Absolutely. So that initiative that you took, I believe that that's probably a part of what has continued to move you forward and to smash those glass ceilings. Can you tell us a little about a little bit more about what happened after that? I I look back and every time I tell that story, I know that it laid the foundation for my career. It really did. Because every time I tell that story, I really like, Monica, you really had the audacity, the gall to call this lady and expect that she was going to call you back. That's like getting Jay-Z's number and like, oh, hey, I'm Monica and waiting for Jay-Z to call getting upset because he didn't tweet you back or something. But that, it really did lay the foundation for that. I stayed at WPGC for some years and then I went away to college um, in New York, came back 
called them, asked them, could I come back? And they told me, yes, came back. And that's when I worked for Donnie Simpson. And look at that. I mean, I was working for the man that I listened to and I was doing research and opening his mail and he's getting invites from Frankie Beverly and he's getting phone calls from Anita Baker. And I'm just like, okay, hold on. (laughs) But when we take risk, how amazing is it that when we step out There's opportunity just on the other side of our fear. If we would take that opportunity, step into it, and all other types of open doors, relationships, and connections can begin to happen. Absolutely. So so when you are um, thinking about mentors who influenced you, who helped you move or continue to move forward, who would you say have been key mentors for you in the industry? I would say on the radio side, I have mentors in every industry. (laughs) On the radio side, I would have to say Jeannie Jones and Natalie, Natalie Case, because I worked for both of them and they showed me so much. I mean, just from answering calls for people calling in for contests, showing me how to run the board, showing me how to speak, um, showing me that if I was on the phone with someone, they wouldn't know the color of my skin, um, which was very important yes, later on that's in life. Important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, showing me how to speak in uh, snippets so that if someone were recording me for television or radio, that they would get the best things that I had to say. Mm, um, and that it just progressed from there. I left WPGC and went to radio one where that's where I actually worked with both of them. So great mentors, great information, great. You should be doing this. Mm. Are you thinking about this or asking me, what are, what are you thinking about next? That's good, Monica. But have you thought about this? And then I incorporate what they've, you know, their ideas into my big picture. As I listen to you, you know, I think about people always ask for mentors. I have Mm -hmm. people who ask me often, will you mentor me? And there's such a small fraction of people when I say, you know what, I'll give you an opportunity. There's such a small fraction of people who actually call me back Mm -hmm. and really understand what they want from a mentor. As you think about those two relationships, what advice would you give someone if they want a mentor? How should they steward that relationship so that they get the best fruit out of it? And it's not just someone that they're calling to get advice from, but it actually becomes a mentorship relationship. What kind of advice would you give someone if they're looking for a mentor? How should they treat their mentor? I feel as, first of all, your mentor is the gem, that hidden gem that you will always have in your back pocket. 
that that's the person that you can always call on, bounce ideas off of, see, uh, learn from their past mistakes so that you can do it better or do it your way. Um, I think about another mentor, Karen Jackson, at she's still at Radio One. She actually mentored me from the time I was a senior in college. Um, she helped me record my first radio show. And she always said, Monica, be true to yourself. If it's something that you want to do, you do it. But it was more of a not, I never wanted to go in and start at the top. So I guess my advice to someone that's looking for a mentor, you're not going to go in and be the Charlemagne of radio. You're going to come, you know, you're not going to be that person. You're going to be, you have to be who you are, but be true to what it is that you're looking for and in the path that you want to take. Wow. So acknowledging that a mentor is there to guide you, but they don't define who you're going to be, you actually need to know who that person is so that you're able to take that information from the mentor, but make it your own because you're not going to become that person. You need to become who you are and who you've been meant to be. It's such, such valuable advice. I think as people begin to think about what it looks like to use a mentor in a healthy way, that longevity of the relationship and being able to go back, that's huge over time. What would you say was the best advice your mentor gave you? Hmm. I know that's a tough one. I know know. that's a tough one because (laughs) you've got 30 years in this. (laughs) Actually, out of my media mentors, the best advice that I was given was to never stop growing, never stop learning. You may have thought you have perfected your craft. There's always something you can learn more. And look at when I started. We didn't have social media. We barely had email. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it was, we're growing. So I'm learning these trends. Stay ahead of the trends. Make sure that even if you're 45, you can still battle with the 25-year-olds because you can talk their language. You can do the branding for them. You can. You have to stay and keep growing. Mm. Clearly, I have no problem saying my age. I told you all I started when I was 17. I've been in the game for 30 years. Do the math. So... <laughs> <laughs> I could still sit at a table with 19 and 20 year olds and relate to them because I'm staying ahead of the trends. I can do some TikTok dances, but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm staying ahead and continuing to learn, continuing to grow, continuing to perfect my craft. Wow. I love that because I know I'm older than you. So, <laughs> and I'm, I, I do not, um, at all hold back the fact that I'm 52. Mm -hmm. But what I also take away from what you shared is don't get stuck in what the way I did it, I used Mm -hmm. to do it or how it used to be done. 
recognizing Mm -hmm. as things change and things grow, regardless of your age, you have to watch the trends, stay ahead of the trends, but be willing to go with the trend Mm -hmm. and be able to use it in your own way that works for you, but recognizing staying stuck in the way we used to do things will leave you in the past and behind. You yeah. know, we we had a comment from one of our listeners. Laverne Cheeseboro said that she loves the question about mentors. And her biggest concern has been be, becoming a pest or bothering the mentor. Any thoughts or feedback on that concern of Laverne's? Laverne, what if I would have thought I was being a pest to Robin Breeden? (laughs) I never thought I was being a pest. I actually had the audacity to keep calling and expecting that she would call me back. So you would never be a pest. Um, If somebody genuinely wants to be your mentor and they see that you're thirsty for knowledge and their knowledge, their wisdom they're going to call you back. They're going to want to assist you. They're going to want to be a part of your destiny as you go on your career journey in your respective um, industry. That is amazing. If they want to be your mentor, they're going to want to be a part of your destiny. Mm -hmm. That completely resonated with me. So, you mentioned social media. I want to take a moment to actually pause and get your definition. You're called the PR chick. So I want to unpack what, how do you define what PR or public relations, how do you define what that is? Okay. What is PR? For me, PR is you're a storyteller. I tell stories for everyone, from a brand to a person to a product to an activity to an initiative. I tell a colorful story of a thing. Yes. <laughs> um, just that simple. That it, It's that simple. But there are very, very key things, uh, integral things that must occur in telling one story. You have to make sure the messaging is correct. Um, go to Beyonce's Instagram. You can look at her Instagram and you could tell in probably 30 seconds or less what her focus is. Go to, take take Beyonce out of the equation, go to Nestle Chocolate Bars, go to their Facebook page, see what their story is, see the tone of their messages, how they're telling their story, how they got started. Was it a chocolate bar at first? Was it a Hershey kiss? Was it a, you know, was it some fudge? You know, was it cereal? So, <laughs> you know, those types of things. And that. That's what I do. I tell those stories. You know, as I think about telling the story and that there needs to be a 
a clear message. What is your focus? As a coach, when I'm coaching individuals and their desire to launch their businesses or build their um, their client base or be able to offer services to others, one of the first things we talk about is what is your focus? What is your message? Mm-hmm. So in a very similar way, the need to become clear on what you want people to understand about you, it has to become clear so that whether you're standing next to them or not, they can look at what you're providing and understand, oh, this is what their business, their services, their ministry, their school, it becomes so clear. But that sounds like that requires very intentional approaches. Very, very Um, And with the intentional approach, you are deep diving into someone's business. Um, I want to know all your business. I need to know how did your business get started? Did it get started in your living room? Yeah, let's let's play on that. I don't care that you made 10 million last year. What happened when you were when you were making one hundred dollars? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. let's start from there because you're going to encourage somebody along the way. Um, And along with your business story, we got to tell the executive story. Who are the people behind this brand, this this product that are making all these things happen? Was it your mother? Did your mom help? Um, Is it your spouse? Is it your children? How do they play a role in in what this is that we've all come to know and love. I want to know the backstory behind this. And I also want to know what you're doing now. And then what's your vision for the future? So it is a deep dive into what this is, what the story is going to look like. How do we begin to craft this message? It also sounds like a journey. So not only a story, but where you came from, where you are, where you're going, that really requires someone to think more deeply. I'm actually going through that process right now (laughs) as we are retelling our five years in celebration of Living Strong's anniversary on September 6th. We're launching a four-part segment, um, The Miracle was last week. This week, we are launching the manifestation. So how did it manifest? It started off as a miracle story. And this week, we're launching a short snippet story, if you will, of how it actually came to be a real thing, not just an idea. So I get that that dig deep because it, it made me have to pause and really think about, so what was it that got me from idea to business and replay that in a way that people could understand there was a level of clarity and it it pulled people in. So we're getting ready to go for a break. And I before we break, I'd love to be able to hear from you in this soundbite culture that we're in now, what's the difference between a media voice versus a persona? Oh, 
you see personas online all day, every day. There, it's a, a character that someone takes on on social media. And the persona versus your actual voice. I don't know, Dr. Vidra, we, we need some more time. We need some more time. We, I'll get into that after this break. I, I don't even want to get started because then you're going to say, we got to go to break, Monica. <laughs> I love that, Monica. So you're going to have to stay tuned. Stay with us after this break. And we're going to unpack how do you battle between creating a character and actually creating and cultivating your voice. They are very, two very different things. So as we get ready to go into our break, check out our website, livingstrongllc.com and check out our resources and our services. And we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Life is now in session. Are you present? We don't get a dress rehearsal in life. So why not grab every moment you can to grow? Join me every first Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific for our live webinars. We're creating a growth plan and unpacking the 15 invaluable laws of growth by John Maxwell. Instead of waiting for growth to just happen by accident, let's get intentional about creating a growth plan for you. Let's do it together. Log in to www.livingstrongllc.com and grab your spot for first Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 Pacific. And let's grow together. It's your time. This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veardra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back. I have had the pleasure of having a conversation around messaging and branding with a veteran in the field of media, Monica Bisco. And she has been taking us through her own personal journey, as well as dropping nuggets of wisdom along the way for us to pick up and chew on. Now, she said I didn't give her enough time before the last break. She wanted to break down what's the difference between a persona, and she started off by telling us that's just a character, versus someone who actually wants to create a media voice. So now we are back, Monica, and I want to give you full license to break that thing down because I feel like we get caught up watching more personas versus actually paying attention to media voices. Absolutely. How many 
I'm on Instagram or that is my social platform, social media platform of choice. Um, I'm on there all day, every day, flipping through. I see some of the things that people post and not just what they post, what the caption is. And it's, I know these people, they don't talk like this. That's a character. This isn't Dr. Vidra. This is, this is Keisha down the block. You know what I mean? That's, that's a persona. Let's talk about the tone of your message, the personality of your message. What do you want people to feel when they read something that you post? Do you, if, if, if they're, if you're a brand, you know, do you want them to be loyal? You want them to keep coming back to your page? You want them to like the things that you're posting? You want them to share it? Do you want them to be passionate about the things that you're saying and begin a dialogue with them? This is the outreach. So then you're bringing people into you. And then when they get it, they're into you, then guess what? Oh, how can I get more information? Oh, you have a website? Oh, let me go to your website. Is it something I could purchase? Oh, now I'm wearing the Dr. Viedra Living Strong Consulting LLC shirt. <laughs> because now I like what you've been posting. I'm loving your voice. I'm I'm loyal to you now. I'm not only your Facebook, following you on Facebook. I'm following you on Instagram. I done gone to your LinkedIn, sent you a, a, a request to be your friend. <laughs> and now I'm on your website. I'm now listening to your show every week. And I'm a loyal listener. Why? Because of your messaging, because of how you laid it out, the tone of your message, the, you made me feel a certain way, but this is the tone of your brand. That is so powerful. I think people misunderstand. Now, I, I do have a question because people often talk about how horrible social media is. And I've never actually been able to get into that conversation because for me, it's actually a tool. It's not something that constantly pulls or drags on my time as, as a speaker, as a ministry leader, as a businesswoman. I specifically use it as a communication tool, as a, an opportunity to create outreach and connection. But I think people miss something that you shared that's really important, that when we're posting something, what do you want the receiver or the reader to feel? Not just read, not just get the information, but what do you want them to feel when they see that image and when they read that caption? What are your thoughts about how social media is misunderstood? Social media can be a blessing and a curse. It's all in how you use it. I look at my Facebook memories that come up every day and I look back at some of the things that I said in 2007 and eight. That's not who I... I may have felt that way, but why did I write that? That was so dumb, Monica. And it's like, that's not the person that you are in 2021. This, this isn't what you're posting now or what you were posting, even posting in 2016. Um, but we've seen what happens. Kevin Hart said something back in 10 years ago, came back to haunt him in 2020. Um, 
So we have to be very cognizant of the things that we're posting, whether it's for fun or not. There's somebody that everybody's going to get offended. But if it's your brand, you want to stay on brand. You want to stay consistent with your messaging. You want to make sure that you are staying true to who you are, like I said in the beginning, what your brand stands for, your mission, your values, your core values. So it doesn't come back to bite you in 2023 for some negligent crap you said on Facebook in the moment. How often are people, and I know that some some are going to get upset with me, but I'm going to be honest, social media is not the place to process your pain because it will follow you long after you have gotten over that pain. But now you've put it out there for the entire world to add a sound bite to and not actually provide any healing for you, which is actually what you need. But so often I've watched, and some of my mentees, I've also inboxed on the side and said, okay, let's pause Mm -hmm. because you're now trying to use social media as your therapy. And Mm -hmm. that's not what it was designed to do. And it's going to follow you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we tell you young people. It. We already saw it. We retweeted it, shared and everything, screenshot it and sent it to our friends. <laughs> and that's the, that's the hard thing about being very protective of your brand. Even if you erase it, the person who snapshot did a snapshot of it, who already shared it with someone else, who already told somebody else about it. It's already out there and it's sabotaging the message of who you want Mm -hmm. to be known to be. We tell in our youth workshops, we tell Generation Z all the time to pay attention to your, your branding, As well as when we talk about millennials and Generation X, it's paying attention to the fact that people are looking at what you post and creating an impression of who you are. So be careful with it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So when we think about messaging, you provided me with, a thought bubble prior to our conversation. And you asked, how are women, especially black women, perceived in the media, in the industry? And so I'm curious on your take as we're talking about persona versus voice, social media platforming, messaging, identity, What is your perspective around how women are being um, perceived or presented, especially women of color? What is your thought on that in the media? Well, like I said, I've been doing this for a while. So, of course, when I first got in, it, there weren't a lot of women. So back then, there were gender roles. Um, There weren't many uh, women on the radio doing the news. Every You could turn on every station. There was a man doing the news. Mm-hmm. I used to work with David Haynes. Um, 
you know, I mean, if you were in the DMV area, who was on the news? Maureen Bunyan and J.C. Awood. That's all you get. <laughs> that was all we were getting at the time. So those were the people that we were looking up to. But we can move forward to today and see a number of women of color on major networks. So, but in the PR industry, there weren't many women at the head of the table. And until there was something labeled diversity and inclusion, then they stuck someone at the table. Mm. Not at the head, though, just at the table. Because they assumed that we knew about Black culture. Black, we could add something to the Black voice of this particular initiative because we're trying to reach a certain audience. Because we have that one face at the table. But now in 2021, we have people that are sitting at the head of the table. They're leading the charge. And I want to continue to smash through those glass ceilings so that I can constantly be at the table. I want to buy the table. I'm bringing the table to the conference room. (laughs) I know that's right. Bring my own table. Bring my own table. Yes, bring my own table. I love that. So if you could give some advice to women, but also women of color, of how do we manage and control our imaging and messaging in the media? What are some tips or advice you would give us so that while we're at the table, we have a clear voice and intentionality and image at the table. That goes back to your executive brand. What we were talking about earlier, what what do you what is your personal brand? What are you bringing to the table? You have to ask yourself these questions so that when you're presenting yourself, this this is the person that we've seen. She stays on brand. She's funny. She's loyal. She's spirit-filled. She's passionate. She's energetic. She's outgoing. These are the, the uh, characteristics of strong women of color that, are, that we're facing every single day in the boardroom pre-COVID. Um, <laughs> Um, on Zoom calls, <laughs> on Facebook Live, um, we're we're not just taking a back seat anymore and letting uh, the Mister have the floor. We're also we have ideas and we're big ideas and we're bringing those big ideas in a powerful way. So I my my message to women of color or or women in general, um, but specifically women of color, is to stay on personal brand. Make sure that you're bringing yourself. Um, we're not the angry Black women. We're, that's not who we are. That's not who what all of us are. We have a story to tell, and we're going to tell it by any means necessary. And if you are sitting at the head of the table, you're the one in charge of the narrative. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. As I listen to you talk about 
the consistency of a message. If you're going to manage and control your personal brand, it also sounds like you need to really understand and be okay with who you are personally. And so doing that work on the inside so that you're not showing up as a character trying to mock someone else Mm -hmm. and be at the table, but get clear on who you are and become okay with who she is and recognize that she is enough in the space so that you can have consistency and be willing to push back as an equity and social justice consultant One of the key things that we stress all the time that just because you are the brown or black face in the room doesn't mean that you're speaking for all brown and black Mm -hmm. faces. And so if you're at the table, say, make sure you're saying from my perspective, but we need to get more voices Mm -hmm. at the table if you want a diverse perspective, Mm -hmm. recognizing that just having one at the table isn't enough. And if you're at the head of the table, are you making room for more voices that are diverse so that the table continues to shift and change? That's the key. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So when, when we think about messaging and being able to craft that message, um, regardless of male or female, what would you say are some key things to be aware of now? In 2021, we, we're bombarded by technology, by media, by Zoom. But what are some key things that you're seeing now in 2021 that we really need to pay more attention to? I feel as though um, one of the key things that I actually saw um as the pandemic started, was sharing your opinion um, through a lot of the, uh, Black Lives Matters, through the George Floyd um, incident. There were a, I noticed that there were a lot of brands coming to the table, and whether Black, White, and different, they made a statement. This is what we believe. This is what we at NBC feel. This is what we at Target feel. Mm -hmm. They all had a statement. And sometimes the public is looking for that voice from you, that feedback, because we're going to feel a certain way because we're human and we've all watched it. But our favorite brands, our favorite um, shows, CEOs, we want to hear from you because we're not just looking at you as the CEO. Now we're looking at you as the human. Where's the human? Where's the humanity in your company? If you, we've, we've followed you and we've, you've stayed on message. um, We want to know how you feel about these things that are happening in the world um, and opening up a bigger conversation about uh, equity, diversity, inclusion in in your company. 
So that that's one of the major things that I really took note of um, in 2020 leading into 2021. Having a say in expressing how you feel about what's going on in the world and wow. what being the face of your company and speaking for the people that work for you. As I listen to you um, reference, what, where, where do you stand as a human being? That really hit me as we think about companies, ministries, um, platforms, schools, organizations. When we're wrestling with what continues to be a dialogue around diversity, equity, and inclusion, that that wasn't just something that blew up in 2020, but mm-hmm. it is. it was an open door, that mm-hmm. threshold opened. And how are we now able to create a consistent message on how we are seeing, valuing, and listening to diverse people, that it wasn't Mm -hmm. just a check the box in 2020, but Mm -hmm. now in 2021, how are you continuing to pay attention to the needs of those who are following you and supporting your brand? That's important. Most definitely. One of our listeners, uh, Latoya Thompson said, we know each narrative will be different. How do you develop an intentional story to promote your brand? Where does the crafting process begin for those starting a business? And can you recommend strategies or resources for protecting your social media footprint? I tell you, she wrote a whole book there. We, we, we only have about four minutes left. <laughs> but Latoya, I love it. So I'll, I'll break it down. So how do you develop an intentional story to promote your brand? And where does the crafting of that p- process begin? Okay. I'm going to keep it real with you, Latoya. I need you to contact me. <laughs> we could talk about this and I can help you. Um, but honestly, there are tons of free online PR PR tools that will um, give you seven steps, five steps on uh, if you're just starting, you don't have a budget. How do you tell your story? How do you create your brand? What strategies you should be using to communicate um, via all platforms? Um, how you should be communicating in your email campaigns? How you should be um, addressing your team so that everyone is on brand and saying the same thing. If we call your office, your your coordinator is gonna say the same thing as your director of marketing and communications. Uh, there are tons of online tools and we will drop my information in on Facebook. Um, and <laughs> I will be glad to share some of those with you. That is, it's so powerful. I think about something as you were just talking that was critical and important for me as uh, Living Strong grew 
pretty quickly. So uh, Glow Creative has been working on our branding and in our miracle story from it only took about 45 days before I realized that I needed a team to be able to get my message across. But what you just shared that anyone who joins the team must understand how to consistently communicate your message. So whether you're with them or not, they still see the same level of branding, commitment, messaging, and approach that they would see if you were with them. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that people really need to think about as they're building teams and thinking about their branding. Woo! Wow. Monica, this has been amazing. I cannot believe how fast this hour went by. Mm -hmm. And I wish I wasn't doing so much talking with you and had my pen and paper out. (laughs) I hope listeners grabbed some of that content in thinking about your messaging, your branding, creating influence, leveraging opportunity. We covered the gamut (laughs) in this conversation. I want to give a moment. We have about a minute left. How can people find you? They can find me um, on Facebook, Adventures of the PR Chick, on Instagram at adventures underscore PR Chick, and also um, on LinkedIn, Monica Bisco. It's B-I-S-C-O-E. I look forward to helping however I can. Thank you so much for being so transparent, very real, and giving it to us straight in this conversation. I hope that you have been able to glean some key tools, tips, and strategies from a 30-year veteran in the field. And as she encourages you, to walk out your destiny, but do it the PR way, with a PR style, paying attention to the importance of holding on to your brand, your personal brand, because how do you show up as a human? This has been another episode of Living Strong the flip side of adversity. And we hope that you have walked away with another way to create a flip in your story. Thank you so much for joining us and we will see you, hear you, chat with you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.